September 2016 marks the 30th anniversary of the new Criterion, and also the launch of our special September double issue. Uh, here to talk about it, we have assembled an editorial roundtable. I'm James Panero, executive editor. And uh, Roger Kimball's here to tell us first off about the uh, beginning of our new series. Well, thanks, James. The, uh, the new series is called The Perils and Promises of Populism. Uh, when, when we first thought of this series, we thought we might call it just The Perils of Populism. Gosh, you know, uh, the populist impulse throughout history, we can go back to the, to the times of Caesar, it's been a very problematic, uh, a very problematic uh, force in social life. But then, uh, when I was in England, in, in London this summer, covering the Brexit campaign, I realized that populism also has a positive side to it. So in this series, we're going to try to talk about both the, the, the negative, the demotic elements of populism, those elements that have led thinkers throughout history to question the virtues of democracy conceived not so much uh, as an impulse for equality, but rather the danger of democracy, those elements of democracy that lead many people to identify with mobocracy. That's one element. The, the other side is, is um, uh, what I think uh, we saw in, in, in England, in, in Great Britain this summer, which is what Dan Hannon, the great Dan Hannon, called uh, the repatriation of sovereignty, bringing sovereignty back to, to Great Britain. And in fact, Dan Hannon has uh, a, an essay that will be part of this, this year-long series of, of, of ten, ten, um, 10 pieces. So we think it's going to be uh, one of the most widely read series that we've ever published. We're very much looking forward to, to how it develops. Yes, yeah, so am I, so are we all. Um, so we have a 128-page issue coming up in September. Uh, Rebecca Hecht, you were the, on the ground putting it together. What are you looking forward to? Um, a few things to look forward to in this issue are a very interesting essay by Conrad Black. He takes a wide overview of the current state of uh, what we call political vacancies in both Europe and the United States. So he's looking at the sort of current state of, uh, I guess it's a political vacuum that's existing and why there's no strong leadership and we're in the midst of our election and he's wondering if any strong leadership will come out of that um, or uh, sort of what are um, the negatives of lacking strong le leadership. So that's an interesting essay to look forward to. We also have a review of Scorched Earth by Jorg Bevorowski by Gary Morrison, And he asked the question of um, sort of why does Western public opinion, why has it never come to terms with the crimes of communism? And um, it's a very interesting essay, just trying to grapple with the extent of um, just how, how devastating communism was and continues to be. So. And there's some dark humor in the title for it. The house is on fire. What does that mean? So there's a group of people in Russia and um, they're in a house and someone comes knocking on the door and 
they're all terrified because they think it's a member of the Stasi or someone coming to collect them and murder them. And one of the guys who's living there, the oldest guy there, he thinks he has the least to lose. Um, he goes and he answers the door and he realized that um, it's not actually the Stasi, but their house is on fire. And he comes back and he relates to everyone, don't worry, don't worry, it's just that the house is on fire. And so that sort of gives uh, um, an image of, I guess, the mentality that people had living um, under Stalin. Yeah, it's so. a great piece. What do you think, Ben? What are you up to? Well, I, that piece is fantastic. And, and the really amazing thing is um, Morrison is in the academy and he teaches in an academic department at Northwestern. And he's seen firsthand how his colleagues basically have never reckoned with the fact that communism operated on a scale much greater than the Holocaust and the, the body count that you know, rubber conquest gave was significantly higher than anyone in the academy would give. And uh, he says something in the piece which I loved. I think he said, but being a leftist means never having to say you're sorry. Um, which, which is a fantastic line um, and really sums up some of the issues that he grapples with. It's the Hobsbawm uh, uh, Durante phenomenon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another I think, great piece coming up is by Betsy Barlow Rogers um, on a figure I never heard of. I'm not sure any of us have ever heard of this. Uh, Prince Hermann von Puckler Muscow. I think you nailed it. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Who. Um, uh, was an influence on Frederick Law Olmsted, and um, uh, like Olmsted, Olmsted was for a while kind of unknown to us. We had to rediscover Olmsted, and, and Betsy Barlow Rogers, who founded the Central Park Conservancy, writes about the rediscovery of this uh, important uh, European influence on Olmsted. Um, Eric, what what are you looking forward to in this issue? Well, uh, one of the um, one of the pieces that I really enjoyed. I always have fun with. The acerbic wit of Kyle Smith, our our theater critic, and it it was funny. I had forgotten that not only is the New Criterion celebrating its 35th anniversary this year, but another item from the 1980s that uh, <laughs> I think less deservedly persists to this day is the Andrew Lloyd Webber crime um, Cats, the musical, and Kyle. Imagined in, at the beginning of, uh, of his review of this revival a conversation with T.S. Eliot, the spirit of T.S. Eliot summoned through a Ouija board or something. And he, uh, he says, well, which of my works has proved the most durable with the, shifty, with the public? Shifty glances all around. Well, is it the wasteland? Surely it's the wasteland. <laughs> Not that one, and it, it goes on. Uh, it goes on for a while. Never actually gives us the image of Eliot coming to turn with, coming to terms with the fact that it is in fact Old Possum's book of practical cats, <laughs> uh, something that the rest of us have been trying to come to terms with for some three and a half decades. We're trying to forget. Trying to forget. <laughs> well, so after after reading this review, um, and man, was it a, a great, <laughs> great slasher. I. Uh, Cats was one of the first Broadway musicals that I ever saw, and I remember thinking, even then, I was in six or seven years old. Inauspicious start. Yeah. Even at six or seven years old, I knew there was something seriously wrong here. 
But I, I thought, it can't be quite as bad as I remember, right? So I go on YouTube, and ten, ten seconds later, I'm thinking, no, no, I... I remembered it correctly. This is a, a really long I, I remember the, I remember the advertisements they used to run on television, WPIX for cats who ran about every read about every thirty seconds. Uh-huh. And they would end Oh they're ubiquitous. The memory will live forever. <laughs> 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 and unfortunately they're right. Yeah. <laughs> Binet, as our latest Hilton Kramer fellow, you joined us mid production cycle for the September issue, but you had some little time to work on it. Uh, That's right. What are you looking forward to in this issue? Yeah, so as we were going through the copy for the issue, I noticed a pair of articles uh, that focus on the foreign travels of two of our senior contributors. The first was a review of Miklos Banfi's Transylvanian trilogy, uh, which basically is his account of sort of life and the culture and particularities of the former Austro-Hungarian Empire. And John Derbyshire did that review, uh, and he actually related it to his experiences backpacking through through the region. And the second was uh, the letter from Athens by Dominic Green, who recently was over in Greece for an extended stay, and gave a great account of how that culture has deteriorated, their economic struggles, cultural struggles, and the like. So I think they kind of created a nice little pair of foreign travels. And... John Darbyshire's piece has an amusing title too, right? It does, yeah. The the Goulash Archipelago. <laughs> uh, readers will recognize it as a play on the Solzhenitsyn book, but that was very cleverly titled by our own Ben Riley. Yeah, that's great. So once again, readers, uh, we're talking about our September double issue. It's an anniversary issue, and just to remind you that um, unlike our normal September cover color, which is blue, this is a black issue with uh, red and blue stripes. It's our special anniversary design. Comes out only once every five years. Uh, it's the double issue and uh, look for it. And I should finally like to thank um, the many contributors, supporters, readers who have taken out um, extra advertisements in this issue. You can see it throughout the issue and, and that outpouring support means a great deal to us. So thank you and happy reading.